self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am black but still might not vote for joe biden you you are going to vote vote for joe biden <laughs> shut the fuck up okay we are Conversation Con Artists, back for another wonderful, fantastic episode. Oh, you can shit. find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Um, we don't have any letters this week, but of course we have some Reddit posts, which these, listen, these folks been going through a lot. <laughs> Reddit. Like, let's oh get my it. God. Jesus. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, one on a man who doesn't know if he was raped. Uh, we have one on somebody who got caught freeballing it by his girlfriend's parents. We have a stepchildren question. Um, Look like we just gonna get it live with these Reddit relationship <laughs> posts. Uh, I want to do secret secret rape. Secret rape, okay. So the title of this one is he's a 20-year-old man, and this was a 20-year-old girl that did the... He don't know if it was rape or not. Um, I passed out at a party and woke up to a girl riding me. I enjoyed it and don't consider it rape. Is it really that bad to view it this way? Should I talk to her about it? That's the title. <laughs> the post. So this happened a few months ago just before the virus situation. I passed out at a party and had lied lied he meant laid on a bed a girl i'm sort of friends with walked in and i woke up to her riding me i was very surprised and confused but instantly recognized it was her and found her attractive so i smiled and just kept going at it after regaining some consciousness it was only afterwards i realized i was technically raped uh what she did it was technically raped what she did but i honestly didn't mind it at all because a i found her attractive b I didn't say no anyway after waking up. See, she had put on a condom on me, so I knew she just wanted sex. What the fuck? Uh, if I didn't find her attractive or she didn't put on a condom, then I'd very likely have reacted the opposite way. I don't think anyone else really knew about it, and she and I are still on good terms. Uh, we had never talked about it since, and until now, I just view it as a normal hookup experience. She and I go to the same uni as well as all the people in the party, and I talk to her once or twice in classes, but otherwise, we're not that close. And now classes are online, and I haven't seen her in person since. I saw a post on this very sub where a guy talked about a similar thing happened to him, so it made me think of this. I honestly don't think negatively of the experience at all. But whenever I read similar stories, people keep insisting that you have to consider it rape and you have to consider yourself a victim. And if you enjoy it, you're lying to yourself. And it's now fucking with my head because I'm supposed to feel bad about this experience, but I genuinely felt great about it. I know what happened was rape and I technically got raped, but do I have to consider myself a victim? I talked about this elsewhere and was recommended that I speak to her about this, but even then, I'm not sure what to say. Again, I emphasize, I enjoyed the experience and I'm not traumatized at all, but it was advised that she might do this to other people, so maybe I should warn her against this. 
Um, Jesus. <laughs> what? That's it? That's it. That's Damn. It. <laughs> That's some shit. Listen. <laughs> it... Sex is enjoyable, okay? And so what happens a lot of times in situations where people get it taken advantage of, raped, molested, whatever the case may be, it does feel good because sex is enjoyable. The issue here is that you were fucking unconscious when this began. Not only did she, I mean, she had a condom. Like, it was a whole fucking, like, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's bad. And yes, I mean... She might be out here doing this to other people who are not going to feel the way that you feel. And are not going to view this as like, oh, just an enjoyable experience. Like, that is, what kind of a bitch goes to a party and just look, find somebody passed out, put a condom on them and just get to riding? Like, what the fuck? What if he, what if he started everything and passed out but don't remember because of how much he was drinking? Like, what if he did start it and got to it and he just don't remember. Uh no. It seemed like a like I don't know, man. I I wonder how often your body can still get an erection when you're unconscious. But I think it's like a nat- listen, that is something you can there's a lot of stories about especially when it's like rape with a man about that happening whether they be intoxicated um on drugs or alcohol, like a lot of times they're not like fully conscious of what's going on. I think that's just your body's natural response to stimulation. I don't think you necessarily have to be conscious for that shit to happen. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, this is like the technical definition of rape. But it's not like our cultural definition of rape. Like it's that's rape to me. Like, but his whole so if she had been an unattractive girl, he would view it as rape. Like, what kind of fucking shit is that? If she had been unattractive, now you gonna feel like a victim because it was an ugly bitch that because did it. Because the a big part of our cultural understanding and definition and dialogue about rape is that it's something that that you don't want. It's something that you would say no to. Like, if you didn't say no. You can get off for not rape. If the girl didn't say no, men have gotten off on the rape charge if a girl didn't say no. You know, so like the way that we view rape culturally, it has a component of not wanting it to happen. But if it turns out that you wanted it to happen, even though you didn't start it or initiate it, I guess the question would be if that girl would have sat next to him and said, hey, uh, I really want to ride your meat. And it would he have said yes? I wonder if he would have said yes. I don't know that that makes a difference to me because she could have just fucking did that instead of waiting until he passed out. That's some creep shit. And we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was a man that did this. <laughs> Even if she said that she enjoyed it, I feel like we would still not be having this goddamn conversation this way. Well, I mean, it's a double-edged sword out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how double standards work. You, that's ridiculous. We, I mean, like, that's the reality. That's just the reality we got. It's fucking creepy that she did this. It's predatory that she waited. Because the thing is, okay, if he would have said yes, all she had to do was just say that shit. They in college at a party. 
a lot of fucking happens at colleges at college parties. Anybody that's been to college knows that. So the fact that she waited is creepy and predatory to me. Like it's icky. Why? Why did you wait? And not only, I mean, I guess it's good that she used protection, but like, what if she hadn't? Now he got a baby mama that he ain't eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of implications of shit that could have happened. Like, it's just fucking weird. It's just weird to me. So the reason I guess that this is different for me is because, you know, I've talked about my early childhood sexual abuse type experience where my mom's friend, one of her good church friends, um, was, uh, I don't know, divorcing her husband. Some sh- a, a grown-up shit was going on, and they moved into our house. And it was her 16-year-old daughter and her brother, which was, like, the same age as me, 8, 9, 10, something like that. Maybe a little bit older. But, I mean, she used to bring us into my mama's room. We used to lay on the waterbed. And she used to do this with me and my brother, but me and my brother didn't know until we was grown. We told each other. Like, I was like, such and such used to, you know, bring me in mama's room. I was like, oh, shit, me too. But she used to just bring us in there, fondle us, and... You know, just whatever. It no That's sex. Fucking it terrible. Was, it was molestation. <laughs> it is terrible. Don't get me wrong. It is terrible. But you gotta understand, I was a boy. It felt good. It didn't feel predatory. That's far different than the stories of rape that I heard from my clients. I don't put myself on the level of an experience that somebody had who can't sleep at night and who have nightmares and who all this and all that. So if I'm not you saying that. If a girl, that... would it be different? If a, if some older boy took a girl into a room, fondling her, again, we would look at this completely fucking differently. Like, it wouldn't yeah. be a situation where it's like, oh, it was harmless. Well, on the individual basis, let's say that that girl chose never to tell anybody and she actually enjoyed the experience. She's fucking eight. (laughs) Listen, I'm not debating. I'm not saying that a child is able to. I'm I'm not saying it is a right. It's right. I'm just saying from the individual perspective, they experience what they experience on their own terms. I mean, we're going to look at it from the outside of society, and it's definitely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. But I'm saying people put their own skills on their experiences. So this man who came out of a situation the way that he described it and he goes into a a rape group and tells his story it's going to be perceived different it's not going to be looked at as the same as a woman who took a cab and got out and got snatched up behind the alley and pulled in it's different and a big part of anyway because he's a man like even if it had been a violent rape even if even if even if he went to a man's rape group and the men in there were violently raped by men. Like, it would still be different. It would be But it doesn't different. invalidate the fact that it is what it is. Like, of course, there's going to be varying degrees within a group. You know that as a therapist. You got people on all on the spectrum. Whenever you have a group of a, with a certain but, problem. But also, somebody who has experienced, as a therapist, somebody who's experienced something deep, if we look at it as, oh, man, you should have PTSD from that. We're not supposed to convince them that they got PTSD. I'm not We're sure. not supposed to convince them that, you know, if they don't experience their trauma the way we think they should have, that is the same kind of trauma. That's what I'm saying. It reaches the technical definition of rape. But the essence of when somebody is raped, as far as counseling goes, is the experience they have from it, right? 
So, no, because if it was a child, you're not going to take the fact that they enjoyed it. You would still, it's a trauma. You're going to treat it as such, even if they don't deem it that way. If, if the same situation happened with a kid, like, I'm not saying that he should be convinced that he should have PTSD or any of those things, but I'm also saying it's not fucking okay. It's not. That's not an okay situation. Well, Even I don't if mean... he views it okay. Well, if she goes and does that to somebody else, they may not have a fucking same. And if she feels like, okay, he, he was cool with it, all niggas going to be cool with it. She going to be out here riding dicks at parties randomly because it's okay. Because he was okay with it. Like, no. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want you to hear me saying it's okay. <laughs> it's definitely not okay socially. But is it okay for the rest of the world to say you're you're traumatized? Is it okay for the rest of the world to say um, you're not supposed to like that? That's rape. Is it okay for the rest of the world to say that, you know, you need to investigate? You need to go talk to this girl. You need to do all of these things that he don't if feel he, he needs okay, to do. If he's okay with why is he even talking about it anyway? Why, why are you having this conversation with people for them to be able to tell you that it, because if it if it's not problematic, why are you even bringing this shit up? Well, if people weren't telling him that this girl's probably going to do this to somebody else and you need to go stop her, like some kind of hero or some shit. But I'm saying, why, why, why is he even talking about the experience at all? Like for them to even know details and say, oh, that one, that was rape, my dude, like. Why is he even discussing it? For what? Well, the if only he enjoyed the experience, it's like any other hookup then. Well, the only assumption that we can make is that the only assumption we can make as therapists is that he is subconsciously bothering bothersome. You know? Or maybe maybe he wants to hit the skins again but don't know how to do it. Like, how discouraging must it be for you to be good at hitting the skins when you're unconscious, but you can't even get the time of day when you when you woke? That got to be depressing as fuck. <laughs> like, I don't really know this girl. I like her, and she's attractive, and I hit it again, but damn I don't know how to do it. Shit is weird, man. Shit is weird. Maybe like, she was fucked up. Maybe she don't even know what she did. Maybe she got damn was... Rolling or had some kind of drugs in her system. But she put a condom on him. That's real premeditated uh, on point. Like, she didn't just fuck him. <laughs> she she put a condom on him first. There's a lot of altered mind. I mean, there's a lot of altered mind states that put you in a position to, to, to take the right steps in the wrong moments while you're compromised. I ain't trying to justify her shit. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I, I got questions about this situation. <laughs> it's creepy and weird. I got a question, you know, but you know, this is just the difference that we look at rape, you know, just the difference that we look at rape, you know, some men going to look at it like, you know, when, uh, when people pay it for it at a restaurant <laughs> and they drive through, they just drive up and they food paper. Oh, okay. Well, uh, some dudes will wake up and be like, oh, well, shit then. It sounds like that's what he did. Well, goddamn. <laughs> But it Look doesn't silly make and it. Call me Billy. It's just I don't know. I just don't like the normalization of it because it's a man. Like I just don't feel like this would be a conversation had it been a woman, even if she had enjoyed it. Like she would still be viewed as a victim, and people would think she was crazy for this shit. Like, and I know it's a double standard, but I just don't like the normalization of rape of men because it's already hard enough for men that actually get raped, even in a situation like this where it was a woman. It's already difficult enough. <laughs> so I just don't like... Uh, I don't know. 
I just, you know, just the, this is definitely not okay behavior. She's definitely a fucking creep. He's just a regular dude. And, but the question becomes when somebody experiences something that meets the technical definition of, of rape, um, what should they do if they don't really have a problem with it? Shut the like, fuck up about it. I mean, like, not... Again, I mean, he's 20, man. This, he young, man. He's very easily influenced. And there's people out here on these Reddit threads saying, oh, I'll, the same thing that happened to him and being, oh, is, well, did I get raped? You know, like, he just, he questioning the shit. I mean, this is, he's just a young motherfucker that don't know shit about life yet. You know, when I was 20, I ain't know shit about life. What was happening in your life at 20? Who was fucking your life up? Nobody was fucking my life up yet at 20. (laughs) At 20? Not yet. Who was in your life at 20? Did you have a boy? Like, you was in college, right? I was in college, no. At AUM? Mm Mm-hmm. I had a boyfriend. Uh, Well, at 20... Did you have a friends with benefit? I might have been talking to Tarvis at the time. Maybe. But he won't cause you was. problems at the time. Tarvis is a motherfucking problem. That's what <laughs> I mean. At some point you didn't believe that he was a problem. Until yeah, you did. And, yeah, initially. Now was that at twenty? <laughs> Tarvis start- was either I- messing up your life or about to mess up your life around twenty. Probably. So hey, I wouldn't say he messed up my he just he, Marine, let me tell you something. I don't date Marines no more. <laughs> They fucking knew no more. If I meet somebody and they tell me that they are Marine, I'm like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> when I was 20, my bipolar nymphomaniac girlfriend was messing up my college. <laughs> That's what's happening. Jesus. She's wanting sex every single day, and I obliged, and she was staying up all night long because she was having manic episodes, and I didn't know what the fuck that was because <laughs> I didn't get into psychology until 21, 22. <laughs> So <laughs> that's what was happening when I was 20. And you know what? It's a lot of shit that I could have done to to make that better. My girlfriend was also a habitual cheater. She was also, um, <clears throat> her being bi ain't a problem. But everybody at work was overtly aware that she was bi. And that fucked me up. You know, that fucked me up. It fucked me up to know that, like, it was dudes at work having sex with her. It was dudes, like, everybody knew I was the I was boo boo the fool like when your parents be talking about boo boo the fool that I was that nigga back then you know so oh, the twenty year old that's answering this that's asking this question and making these assertions and trying to figure this shit out is a dumbass twenty year old that when he thirty five he gonna be like either he gonna be like it wasn't rape or he gonna be like I got raped in a motherfucker like he. <laughs> Once he identifies himself and know who the fuck he is, he'll answer that question. He don't. He don't got the answer right now. So that's why he's out here trying to figure it out because he's trying to figure out who he is. He don't want to be a victim out here. He don't want to be. You know, no man wants to be classified as a victim when it comes to rape. But you know, the reality is, we also can't goddamn distort reality from what the fuck done happened. You know, maybe he can. I mean, call it sexual assault. You can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. But we can't keep distorting reality. You know, maybe he is disturbed. Maybe he has convinced himself that he was okay with it, you know, even though um, he wasn't. Because toxic masculinity would say that he should be okay with a girl having sex with him. An attractive girl having sex with him and he didn't have to do anything? Amazing. You should be happy for that. 
There's a lot of ways that shit could have went wrong. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about sex, let's just stay on this train, I guess. Um, <laughs> this is a 34-year-old man talking about his 33-year-old wife. Title of this one is A Therapist Told Me Something uh, My Spouse Does Is Abusive and I Can't Get Her to Understand Why It's Abusive. So, my spouse seems to believe that the most acceptable time for sex is before bed, which might normally be fine, but after I actually go to bed, after we agree that we will be having sex that night, she never comes to bed uh, at the same time. Regardless of when I eventually go to bed, she does other things in the house for 20 to 45 minutes before coming to bed herself. Under normal circumstances, this wouldn't be a huge deal, but I started going to bed, I start going to bed when I'm tired. Then she makes me wait, and here is what was described to me as abusive. When I don't finish fast enough because it's late and I'm tired, and she becomes uncomfortable, she criticizes me for taking too long and complains that she doesn't want to have sex because I can't ever finish in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, any discussion of the issue devolves into what my actions are. Why are things on my schedule? Why do I want to have sex again after having sex? Name the last date, time of sex. Sex is all I care about, etc. I was surprised when a therapist told me this was abusive behavior, and I agree, but my spouse appears unable to come to terms with the situation and take any responsibility for her part in it, let alone make any changes. I'm not sure what more I can do or say to improve the situation. Well, damn. Jesus. So, he gets sex when he wants sex before bed. But because she don't get to it right away, he don't finish fast enough because he's tired. Mm-hmm. And so, she has a problem with that. But she's the one that's re- prolonging the time before get going, knowing that if she prolongs the time, it's going to take longer, it's going to be a situation. I don't get it. Because when I'm tired, that shit happens fast. <laughs> I need to have some energy. <laughs> Maybe like, he... I don't know. Reverse problem he got. Most <laughs> men would love to be having that problem. Well, hey, they, baby, you know we got to wait till we sleepy if you want to get this 45 minutes. Yeah, Otherwise, she, you're getting this seven and a half. She don't want it, though. She don't want the 45 minutes. Like, she's upset because she's saying it, it take him too long. He needs to hurry up, essentially, which... That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying a lot of men would like to have that problem. This I don't think got... he has an issue with it. I think his issue is the wife, her issues with it. Like, he, I don't think he's saying he wish he could just finish quicker. I think he's saying, the fuck is wrong with my wife? You know what he need to do? He need to do some Kegel exercises. <laughs> You can come when you get ready after you when you do some cable exercise. No, the, we need to discuss the issues that the wife is having with having sex with her husband because obviously there is something there. It sounds like it sounds like the issue will be resolved. They had sex an hour early, but that's the I, so her prolonging it. So what I heard <laughs> when I was reading that she doesn't want to have sex. If you know that you agreed to have sex. You know that it, the later it gets, the longer that he takes. Why would you? What the fuck are you doing late at night? Tw- that take 20, 45 minutes before you go to bed, knowing it's a sex night. Like, to me, what I'm hearing, the wife is having an issue with sex and putting it off for as long as she can. Because what I think she's hoping is going to happen is if she take 45 minutes, when she get there, that nigga going to be asleep. And then she ain't going to have to do it. And then when he complains about not having sex, she can say, well, when I came to bed, you were asleep. So your theory is that she don't want to have sex. 
for whatever reason. I don't know that it's necessarily, it may be, she may, you know, women have, there's like sexual disorders where it's like painful. There could be a number of reasons why. But to me, it sounds like the wife doesn't want to have sex. And so well, she puts it off. She need to communicate that. She does. She got some fucking communication issues. If she's created the standards by which we're going to have sex and we're going to do this. And she, they meet those standards and then she complain about it. And like, make him feel bad. Like, all you think about is sex. And I'm like, girl, wait, this was your rule. This was what you decided. Okay. Because if she would go on to bed, when he goes to bed and go and get it done, this wouldn't be the issue. The issue is that her taking him going to bed. He said he stay up too, trying to wait on her. And then he gets sleeping. He just go get in the bed. Then she take another 20 to 45 minutes <laughs> before coming to bed. And I feel like that's her wanting to give him enough time to fall asleep so she won't have to do it. So mm. I think the issue is the wife, the wife is having some kind of issue with sex. But I don't, I mean, obviously we don't have enough information to gather what that issue is. But she's just, she's trying to distance herself from the agreement. I loathe, if this would ever happen in my relationship, I loathe the time where we will have to schedule sex and <laughs> sex will have to be like mechanical and shit. Like, like who no, says we can only have sex before bed? Do do do, it's sex night. Do do do, it's sex night. Motherfucker be spinning at the post office and shit. Do do do. You know how cartoons be doing that magical shit where they just he be standing halfway across the post office, he just throw the letter and it go right into the slot. <laughs> like because that's the kind of energy he got. He just controlling the whole world around him and shit. Like it's raining outside and the rain just fucking flow around him. Like he don't get touched with the rain. It's sex night. It's sex night. Motherfucker hop in the car and the lights all green and the police just waving and smiling at his ass and <laughs> You know, all the neighbors is like thumbs up when he driving by the house. It's sex night. It's sex night. And he just get home and then he just spin around and just do a backflip into his recliner until his wife get home. Watching his favorite TV shows. Now that ain't how that shit happened. It's not how it happens. How that shit happened and you do everything and she fall asleep early on your ass. And you know if you wake her up, you're going to have a different problem. And you're not going to get sex. So you gotta let her sleep and not have sex. And the nigga go in the living room and cry. Like that's I'm loathing having a life like I don't I'm not I don't I'm I don't think I'm gonna have a life like that. Like I'm I'm going to try my best to maintain spontaneity with it. Um as long as I can. I feel like the wife has some issue that she's not being honest and open with him about. And instead of her like talking to him about it. She just going to put these impossible parameters in place so she get out of doing it without saying she don't want to do it. Like, everything is his fault now. Like, I told you we could have sex right before bed, but you take too long. Or, like, you are obviously just obsessed with sex. Like, she <laughs> created situations where she gets out of doing it without saying, nigga, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And well, that's problematic. She should be more open and honest with him. Well, my bad advice is that he should give that shit back. He should be like, that's because it feels like I'm fucking sandpaper. Wow. Okay? No. <laughs> sandpaper, ma'am. No! <laughs> that is not helpful. Imagine masturbating with a sandpaper dildo, ma'am. That is not helpful. That's why it's bad advice. <laughs> I should have a segment called Bad Advice. Yeah, don't I give bad advice all the time. Do not listen to all I give a lot of bad advice. 
Yeah, don't do that, man. Uh, you know, for me, it would seem very easy to say, hmm, we're not communicating well, you know. So, honey, you know we're supposed to be doing our thing thing. And the question is, is it that she really don't want to have sex or is she conditioned not to have sex now because it takes so long? Like she might be waiting, hoping he go to sleep because it take long. Maybe she'll enjoy sex if it actually was not long. You know, if, if if she just went on the bed and <laughs> again, my my thing that I keep going back to is that it's taking so long because she's prolonging the time to have sex. I don't know, man. I I like. I'd like him to tell in this email that, you know, well, when we have sex early in the day or quickies, you know, I get done quick. But she said she that's the thing. She only feels like the appropriate time to have sex is before bed. So she will not have sex with him outside of right before bed. Like, that's the rule. <laughs> Ain't no yeah. spontaneity before bed. Like he started the email off with that, that she said the only reasonable, respectable time to have sex is before bed. Everybody in a uh, that's listening that's in a relationship, you need to have a relationship counselor in your life, right? <laughs> um, and not just when shit go bad. Like if shit is good, like do a check in or something. You know what I'm saying? Like get to know your mate and have a middle party in the room. A situation like this needs a middleman, middle woman. They need somebody to be saying, "Okay, why?" This, 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 this on your end. And then, sir, why this, 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 this on your end? Oh, okay. So we have a, a, a misunderstanding, miscommunication here. Um, I wonder what, for the wife, I wonder what her beliefs are about sex. If, like, is she having sex with him because she believes a wife's supposed to have sex with her husband? Or do she feel like if she stopped having sex with her husband, that it's going to, you know, send him packing? I wonder what she believes about sex. Like, what are her internal thoughts about sex? Is sex a tool or is sex a relationship requirement? You know, like, if she feels like sex is a tool, that means she's using sex to maintain her relationship. And that's a problem. Yeah, it is. Or is sex a requirement where she don't even consider her feelings about sex? She just have been convinced and told through society that you supposed to fuck your man. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's... I want my woman to want to fuck me, but I don't want her to fuck me because she's been conditioned to believe that she got to. <laughs> now, at the end of the day, some men don't care because at the end of either one of those, they get fucked. But to me, there is a psychological, emotional component to sex that makes me want to be wanted. Like, I've had girlfriends who starfished out here you don't know what starfish is, she just lays there. <laughs> and I ain't no fucking Ted Bundy. The fuck? <laughs> I, if you don't want to have sex, just tell me I don't want to have sex. I will go find my favorite porn scene for the moment. <laughs> Spend 45 minutes looking through porn clips just to find the right one. That's how it works, Red. That's how we do. All right. I'm pretty sure it's some men who got like go-to scenes that they just go straight to and boom, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But most of us be like, mm-mm, nope, not looking for that. Mm, <laughs> ah, this one. Ooh, yeah. Got it. That's... <laughs> you gonna have a man one day and you know what? <laughs> Your man is gonna be this meat when you're not around or maybe when you're around. I don't need to know it. 
I'm cool. You're gonna know it. I don't need to know it though. You're gonna know it though. You're I a therapist. To you're gonna be. You're gonna see his behavior patterns, and you're gonna know what's happening, when it's happening, and you're just gonna have to be okay with it. I'm just gonna okay? ignore that shit. <laughs> Are you I try to do with most things that I like. Being a therapist and noticing shit about people. You have to learn when to not say shit. Because a lot of times, people don't want to hear the shit you, that you've noticed. They, they don't want your fucking interpretation of their behavior. So you just sit on that shit. Keep it internal. That's what I would be doing with that. Sit on it. <laughs> you ain't gonna ask, oh, that's what you gonna do? Instead? Sit on the information? Yes. Oh, I thought oh. you were talking about sit on this meat. <laughs> okay. Next you could. Part. No. You could right. be like, you could be like, hey, what you doing in there? Well, you better come in here. I'm going to do the next story now. It's a lighthearted one. Uh, look, listen, Much hold light, on, I ain't light. done. I feel like making you more uncomfortable. Nah, that's okay. I'm this just saying. One, so you wouldn't be like, we had a we had a letter last week. You wouldn't be somebody who said, listen, anytime you need sex, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about going through no other means and nothing like that. No, I wouldn't say that shit because uh, niggas like you <laughs> would be like, well, you made the rule. <laughs> no, I would well, not. Well, yeah, if you told me I couldn't beat my meat too. <laughs> I'm not going to tell nobody that though. Well, that's I don't what I'm be saying. that person. I'm just saying we don't need, I don't need to discuss your masturbatory. Well, well, without even telling him that, would you, do you feel like that? Like, do you feel like you could, like whenever his sexual urges no. were there? no. Cause you're not that sexual. It ain't even about. I don't think it's. You can be like a, a very sexual person, and there still may be instances where that person wants to have sex and you don't. So like, I would not back myself into a corner where I've said like, anytime, any place. Well, even like, if you don't, I'm saying even if you don't say it to him. What if you? What if you said it to yourself? What if you said anytime I can please him, I will. I mean, is that something that you could do for yourself? Like, I mean, are you interested in pleasing your mate on on terms of when you know your mate want to be pleased that you will try to if you want to? Or is it a situation where it's kind of mechanical and it's like, nah, I kind of I kind of got these rigid frames in which I want sex. Because this is what this lady is doing. She's got these rigid frames and rigid you know, boxes upon which she wants something. And a husband never accepted that. Okay, I can't have it in the daytime or outside of the bedtime. I can't have it over here or there. He just want it. I'll oblige <laughs> to your desires. I just want it, okay? You know, but I mean, I'm pretty sure his life will be better and her life will be less frustrating if having sex in other times was a component. Yeah, who the fuck would... First of all, I'm not, I don't want to have scheduled days and shit. That's fucking weird. Like that is not, because that makes it feel like a job and it's not a job. It's, it's supposed to be something that's enjoyable. So like, I would never set up no goddamn schedule in the first place and definitely not know it has to be in a bed at bedtime shit. Like now, obviously once you have kids, you know, you got to be a little bit more creative and shit and we might have to like. Okay, listen, we're going to send the kids to their grandma or whatever. But, like, prior to kids? No. Who the fuck scared? I'm not going to do that. You have work schedules, not sex schedules. That's crazy. For what? You know what? If I was going to have a, some, some schedule anything, it wouldn't be scheduled sex. It would be scheduled freaky stuff. <laughs> it would be, like, BDSM Monday <laughs> and New Kink Friday and... Mm-hmm cosplay wednesday like i it, you know we have to have special days for special stuff like everything ain't 
like everything ain't for every day. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be dressed up like Batman every night while she dressed up like Catwoman. No, but but at some point I do. And you know what? And a garbage ass, lame ass Batman and Catwoman. Like I want to do I want to do lame ass uh corny ass uh role play. Why? I don't know. I just this is what I want to do. I want to have scripts written out. Oh my god. <laughs> I got a script. I got a script already. I got a script where I'm the boat captain and she is the patron that's been drinking a little bit too heavy and she makes her way to the, the captain's booth while I'm up there and she says, Ooh, I've never seen a wheel that big. Oh for God. And then sake. I'm like, you know what? You can get this wheel a spin anytime. All you gotta do is grab it. <laughs> And she say, I'm, I'm going to spin that wheel. And I'm then not that's going to do this with you. I'm not. I'm not doing this with you today. You're not, not doing it with me. I'm doing it myself. You're an innocent bystander. I'm not going to bystand anymore. You can't control what I say. The this next, is a free country. This is a lighthearted. Is it free for us? This so. is free, it's a free country right now in this moment with what I'm doing. <laughs> we got to take pockets of freedom where we can fucking get them. <laughs> The next story is about a 28-year-old man who was freeballing in, in his kitchen when his wife's his wife is 31 years old. Parents burst through the door and they saw it all. <laughs> so was, he was butt naked. He was butt ass naked. So his house in the kitchen. Were they married? Yeah. Okay. So first off, I'm highly embarrassed, and second off, I'm pissed. I got home from work yesterday, and first thing I do is have a shower. I had a delightful shower, and then I go get a snack. I forgot to bring my gym shorts to the shower, and I thought, fuck it, no one is home. So I decided to let my two closet homies out to air dry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, closest homies. His two closest homies to air dry. I was about to say, his balls gay? <laughs> How your balls gay? Don't make sense. I strolled to the kitchen butt naked and commenced making snacks for my evening of gaming while my wife is out of her cousin's house. I get a pack of popcorn, get some beer, place it down on the counter, pick up said bag of popcorn. Our kitchen is directly in line with the front door as we have an open living area. Quabang! Door flies open and now I am dick hanging, ball swinging, and making eye contact with my wife's parents. Her mother drops her bag and out of sheer panic, I throw my popcorn up in the air in front of me. To add as a distraction and try to hide behind the counter to the left. They scream, I slip, half my ass cheek lands in the dog's water bowl in my <laughs> and half my nutsack on the kibble. <laughs> the wife did not tell me she gave them a key and to help themselves in, and at this point we're all in shock. I end up grabbing the tea towel and covering my bits while bits of dog food are descending from my nether region. <laughs> Her dad comes over and offers me a hand but says, use the left one. I think I saw you grab your nuts with the right. I say, yeah, cool. Thank you. Her mother says, we tried calling her and no answer. Came over to see if everyone is okay. We tried to act like nothing happened, but everyone, I mean everyone in her family, bar her brother, has seen my Johnson and company. I'm a bit mortified. As they were leaving, her dad said, what happened today was a bitch. <laughs> As the, oh, sorry. As they were leaving, her dad said, what happened today was a bit nuts. <laughs> he chuckled, they left. I haven't brought it up to the wife yet, but I, but am I in my right for being ticked about not being told about the spare key? <laughs> I mean, this shit is, uh, this shit is hilarious. 
<laughs> this shit is like cartoonishly hilarious. Like, okay, yeah, you could be ticked off, but really, the preposterousness of this situation should really just make you say, this shit was just meant to happen at some point. <laughs> this, I, this was going to happen at some fucking point. It was too funny <laughs> to be that mad. Like, oh my God. And the parents took it in stride. Probably sitting there home with some bullshit ass conversation. You know, Patrick, it'd be nice if your penis was that slangy. <laughs> I don't even know what slangy is, but I would have been no, I listen, had this happened to me, I I'm walking around naked and, and my husband's parents just bust through the fucking door. You ain't why you get him a key and then say nothing. And why like <laughs> what he said that they said that they had been calling and couldn't get an answer. Well, I guess nowadays people don't really have house phones. They probably were calling her cell phone and couldn't get her, so they just popped up. What's going on with y'all daughter that y'all just wanted to make sure everything okay when she didn't answer the phone? <laughs> what the hell? Who do that? <laughs> How far away you live from them? Do they live like five minutes away? Probably live pretty close if they were willing to like just pop up over there. Let me let me say, sir, your gift for retelling a story is amazing. That fucking shit was hilarious. <laughs> and he could have told it in a really boring way that would not have been as funny, but he was descriptive in the right places, ridiculous in the right places. Like it was an amazing story. <laughs> Listen, I don't do shit naked. Uh, because one, I'm a big dude, you know, I don't, that don't have a problem. I mean, y'all, you probably didn't see me without my shirt on. You, you see me with a wife beater on at least, you know, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, but I'm not do everything naked comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be walking around in the kitchen naked, you know, but I have been hitting these resistance bands pretty hard. So if I can <laughs> fuck around and get swollen six months, I'm going to stand in that motherfucker like the rock. I'm going to just stand there like, hey, y'all need something? <laughs> I'm just going to stand there dick balls out everywhere. Like, what's up? Anything I can help you with? This is my house. Got no reason to be embarrassed about my house. Well, it's an embarrassing situation, though, because your wife's parents are not people that you think are going to see your dick and balls. Like, it's just not something you think is going to happen. They're, they're usually not a circumstance in which that <laughs> They, but they are connected to my dick and balls vicariously through their daughter. They're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. He, she used to live in both of them. No. And now no. that she, just because it was 20 years ago that she used to live in both of them, now when I put my meat on her no. face, no, technically, no. what? No. That is, it don't work like that? There. No. <laughs> it doesn't work like that at all. Well, they at least they at least have cognizance that sometimes my meat is in their daughter. No, they don't. They yes, don't they think do. say, parents don't think about that shit. Parents don't. I feel like even when parents are like, Well, y'all gonna have some grandkids, they're not thinking about the process that it takes for their grandkids to be fucking born. They're just thinking about, oh, I would like some grandkids. I don't think that parents sit around and think about their daughter fucking her husband. Like I don't think or their son fucking his wife. I don't think that's how that works. Listen, I well, don't. I am one day. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why would you care? Listen, I want my son to be comfortable enough to come to me to get any advice. He gonna be like, "Daddy," and when it's when it's appropriate, and when it's you know, 
uh, psychologically responsible for him to be asking me about sex and him to have appropriate sexual relationships. Like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna terrify my kid about not using condoms. Number one, so he gonna be using some. If everything I want to do work, my kid is gonna use condoms. Now at some point he's going to learn that an effective pullout method is more uh, is better than condoms because don't know if you know this, but it's a four percent chance of getting somebody pregnant if you have a if you successfully pull out every time versus a 15 percent um possibility of of pregnancy or failure if you use a condom and don't I pull do out not believe that shit no that is the that's the statistic that does not sound right at Listen, all. <laughs> let me tell you this let me tell you this i have been an avid condom user forever and I did an extensive amount of research before I decided to stop using condoms. And you're going to find the same shit I found. If you I'm go going to down. research this because that sounds like bullshit. That no. sounds like something a nigga would tell you just no. so he wouldn't have I'm to use you, a condom. Research that shit. I'm going to. And the re- Listen, <laughs> condoms fail at an 85% rate. That's just what they do. They fail at eighty five percent. But uh, you think a human being is gonna fail at a lower rate? You think a nigga pulling out is gonna fail lower than that? In the midst of having sex and being wrapped up in that shit, like I wouldn't trust that shit. No, no. See, what you're saying is you don't trust his ability to pull out. Yes. I'm telling you that a person who effectively pulls out consistently has a. Four percent chance of getting somebody pregnant. What are the stats on the effectiveness of pulling out of the pullout method, though? That's what I need to know because that's Nigga, what I, that is. I, I pulled out with condoms my whole sex career. <laughs> I my pullout game is immaculate without condoms. I can't speak for nobody else. I'm just telling you what the data says. I'm gonna look this up because that sounds like listen, that's good. I, it sounds like something a nigga would say to convince listen, me. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm telling you. No. I'm telling that's that's the case. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> it took it took a lot for me to get comfortable with having sex with somebody with no protection because I have been habituated to believing that pregnancy is the absolute worst thing that can happen. And I don't want nobody pregnant that I don't want pregnant. I never have. So I've never trusted it. And I've trusted condoms. But I didn't trust condoms enough to leave it in when I finished. <laughs> because there have been moments where I, the condom was broke when I pulled out. And there have been moments where I pulled out and the condom was nowhere to be found. So she had to go on a fishing expedition. And um, I don't trust, I never trusted that situation. So that's the data. I did research on this. I'm, I'm not bullshitting. I mean, like- of, all the, of all the dudes who would bullshit and say some bullshit like that because they just want to hit raw, I'm not one of them. <laughs> so either, either I'm accurate or I'm misinformed, but I believe I'm accurate. I did the research. Um, now, as far as how they came up with that number, I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be pretty easy. I guess if you take a couple and ask them, you know, how many have you had sex a hundred times this year? Yes. How many times have you used a condom? None. Then you know, if you have sex a hundred times, no condom and no pregnancy, then I mean that means something. I just don't know how you derive the numbers from it. But it is what it is. All right. It's always a difference between trusting somebody to pull out versus if they actually pull out, knowing what the numbers say about it. Yes. <clears throat> yes, it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not telling you, like, you definitely listen, Red. As a woman, you should trust no man that tells you that in an attempt to try to hit. Don't <laughs> trust any man that says that. <laughs> 
don't just don't you know but for me on my side if a woman says hey i would like to have unprotected sex with you um if she's if i know she's clean and don't have nothing and i want to have sex then i can be comfortable that it's a four percent chance that she'll get pregnant if i use my effective pullout method okay All right, that's my last one. <laughs> that's the last one. Do you want to do another one? If you got one, yeah. All right, These yeah. motherfuckers been fire. <laughs> um. Okay, this one is a mental health one since I mean we are therapists, even though we don't fucking sound like it half the time. Let's do it. Okay, so boyfriend wants me to suffer like he does to show that I care about him. <laughs> Y'all should see his face. <laughs> the look of confusion okay some background on my partner uh, she's 18 and he's 20 he has adult ADHD severe anxiety and depression we both think he's on the spectrum he has episodes of paranoia accusing and interrogating me about things I haven't done and often is suicidal currently he is in therapy my partner told me that I don't care about him anymore he said that I'm not sad when he is sad so that means I don't care I think I know what he's getting at. I'm pretty sympathetic, crying for others when they are upset, almost like I'm the one experiencing it. I don't act this way towards him. His therapist told me to do so. She said I have to be stoic because his reality is not actual reality before it swallows me like it did him. This caused me to put my guard up against him. I do feel for him, but if I let myself cry for him, I'd be emotionally drained before the week is over. I'm trying to support him in other ways, but it's not enough for him unless I suffer along with him. Only then he feels like I truly care, but I refuse. I'm not sacrificing myself. I wouldn't be any good if I let that happen. How do I successfully offer help? Girl. <laughs> you get the fuck on. <laughs> like, you gotta have some standards for yourself. Like, you've got to decide what you're willing to deal with in a relationship. And it sounds like this guy is trying to bend you to his psychological will and suffering. And do you want that for yourself? Like, what about you is forcing you to stay in this relationship, knowing that this person only feels connected to you when you suffer with him? Um, and the therapist says that this is like he's not seeing reality. So I'm also wondering, like, is he on medication? Like, what? ailment or disorder does he have that is indicating that his therapist believes that his reality is different than our reality and because that, that makes her, a big difference yeah and that by her yeah. being sympathetic towards him when he's being unrealistic or not in reality makes the situation worse that sounds like a whole other disorder yeah i mean so what you need to do is you need to decide what you want in this relationship in any relationship really like what are you how old are these people 20 18 and 20 see they in that same they in that same shit i was in <laughs> they in that that phase of life where somebody fucking up their life right now at 20 <laughs> years old somebody is fucking up your life you may not know it at the time but at 20 somebody fucking up your life and look plus or minus two years okay <laughs> plus or minus two years 20 18 to 20 20 to 22 that's the time in your life where i feel like everybody can trace back and say yeah some fuck shit was going on when i was this age <laughs> fuck that person or fuck this experience or fuck that environment or fuck that job or fuck my family like it's i feel like you can go 
<laughs> anyway, but around that, and that's what's going on right now. She don't know who the fuck she is. She don't know what she's supposed to expect out of relationships. And what she got is this dude that then convinced her that the only way I feel close to you is if you fucking sad with me and you suffering with me and you bullshitting with me. And she's starting to believe that maybe that's the case. Maybe if I don't adopt my partner's suffering, then maybe I don't love him or maybe I don't care about him. That ain't how that shit is. You ain't getting in a relationship with somebody for them to be your fucking therapist. No. Your mate is not your goddamn therapist. Your therapist oh. is your therapist. Yep. And you know what? Frankly, if you can't have a partner or a mate that you want to be happy at all costs, even when you are sad, what the fuck are you even doing in a relationship? Yep. Like the fact your, that you want her to suffer is like, what? In, in my relationship, I want my mate to be as happy as they possibly can. And I'm willing to do everything I can to accommodate and make that happen. What I am not willing to do, however, is sacrifice my happiness for theirs. And there is a you know baseline of what things they could do or could not do that would impact my happiness while they're getting theirs. I'm not staying in a relationship that I'm not happy in. If my relationship starts off happy and dwindles down to being an unhappy one, I'm going to communicate the best I can to figure out how to fix that. But I'm not going to stay in a relationship where I'm unhappy. And frankly, I'm not going to let somebody stay in a relationship with me if they're unhappy. Like, that's how important being a part of somebody's happiness is for me. The paranoia. Um, he's He has episodes of paranoia accusing and interrogating her about things she haven't done. That gets over into, like, schizoaffected. Like, it's he got a lot more going on um, that could be concerning and she ain't gonna like then what I tell people about you if you with somebody who has a mental illness you're not going to fix it there's not going to be anything that you're going to do <laughs> that is going to fix it because you're not their therapist his therapist is working with him to help the, with those things so it's not for you to figure out how you're supposed to fix this for him um it sounds like he don't need to be in no motherfucking relationship right now anyway he need to be working his shit out he need to be working out these things that he figuring out what the fuck is going on with him that's what he needs to be doing instead of being in a relationship so let's be real about the situation the only way he done got to this point in his life is through deep childhood trauma i mean probably some ingrained you know you know mental illness some shit he was born with, some shit that's probably in his family. But a lot of times the way people respond to those things invalidates a lot of a person's existence, don't really help them understand what they're going through. They don't go to mental health quick enough to help a person start recovering from what they're going through early. So it don't have to even be overt childhood trauma. It could just be not being paid attention to when shit was going on that leave you with this like big ass debt of mental health bullshit that you got to pay on your own after that. Mm -hmm. You know, so he going to have to come to reckon what he's going through and somebody's going to have to help him understand what a healthy relationship looks like through that because that's not a healthy relationship. And you know what? If the therapist, if she got this question, it made me question like, why isn't the therapist helping him understand what a healthy relationship dynamic is? Rather than telling her that, you know, you know, his reality ain't right. You should, you know, just accommodate that. No, 
Mm-mm. She shouldn't be asking Reddit. A whole therapist should be out here saying, well, I'm going to work with him on appropriate relationship dynamics because he needs to understand it is not healthy to expect your mate to suffer the same way that you suffer. I mean, clearly I can't, as a therapist, I can't tell her to leave. Yeah. As a therapist, I can't tell him, you know, your relationship, this is how you, your relationship should go, you know, but you can, t- what we do is we say from, from what you're experiencing and from, from the distress that you're having in your relationship, it sounds like this mental health issue is taking a big toll on the relationship. Let's talk about how it's taking a big toll on the relationship. Oh, yeah. you feel like you don't feel connected to her when she's not suffering the way that you're suffering. You know, well, do you feel like, you know, the 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 rabbit hole that you go down is helping that person understand what what suffering is, why they feel like suffering? Because it ain't really suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I, I would say you probably feel alone. You probably feel like nobody understands what you're going through. And his flawed way of thinking is that the only way that he can feel close to somebody is if he think they're going through what he's going through. But there's other ways to feel connected to a person without them suffering the way that you suffer. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of finding healthy ways for him to see that uh, to get those needs met, to get that I feel alone, that connection. We can figure out how to meet those in other ways without the, the maladaptive and problematic ways that you're going about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> All right. I went on a tangent with that one. <laughs> My bad. Do you want to do another or you want to move on to viral posts? Let's do another one. I ain't got that many news stories. So, let's do another one. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> let's do this one. The title of this one is just Stepchildren. Good morning. My wife and I keep having arguments about my 11-year-old daughter from a previous marriage. She says she's weird, lazy, and hates her. Upon further argument, it's because she is quiet and would rather go read a book than be all in somebody's face. Whereas her six-year-old from a previous relationship is a typical toddler, runs around screaming, always wants attention, won't stop talking, and very outgoing. She also says she hates my daughter because she looks like her mother, bitch. Uh, now, really, most people look at most people look like one of their parents. That's how procreation works. But to sit to sit here and scream that my daughter is a weird ass loser, what? And she hates her and hates being a stepmom is extremely hurtful. I can see if she was rude or said rude things, but she doesn't. She's just not a loud mouth, motor mouth, always wanting attention. For her to say she hates a child because of who they are. Isn't that messed up or am I reading this wrong? My nigga, what? Why is this a question? First of all, the fact that you allowing this new wife to talk shit to your daughter like this makes me angry. <laughs> because that child who already may be like feeling weird and shit because at that age you just start questioning everything about yourself. You don't know who you are. If you don't meet the status quo, you already feel weird. And then to have your stepmom saying bullshit to you, like, are you kidding me? Fuck her. <laughs> yeah, I think you uh I think you kind of like played it down a little bit. Like is it messed up? No, it's fucked up. <laughs> Matter of fact, do you have a sister, sir? Because <laughs> you need to one square up everything in this relationship to get it to the end, right? Like take her name off of shit, all the background shit that she don't know you're doing. Just go ahead and get that shit t- shit took care of. 
And if you can't, if you don't have a sister, you know, I'm pretty sure you can find a rental sister service on the black market just for when you need somebody's ass beat. You know, I don't condone violence from men to women, but I condone people who need an ass whooping getting their ass whooped when it need to be whooped. Yeah. You know, so find a lovely, friendly lady in your wife in, in your in your life that's good for a fight. Now, not no, not no fucking Vaseline and razor blade. <laughs> ass women don't get them involved they if them the only women you got in your life we gonna have to figure out how to handle this differently okay we need somebody that just really throw hands so maybe somebody who is you know reasonable and used to fight that will still come to your aid who don't fight no more but will do it them somebody who did a short bid in prison not a long bid long bid got a different mentality somebody you know in your life who's done a short bid in prison um Somebody who got a, a baby daddy with a girlfriend that they don't like, that them too, they good. But they, they can't be, oh, that woman can't overlap with the razor blade Vaseline woman. It can't overlap. She will kill somebody. She will get both of y'all fucked up because she's going to say he told me to do it. And that is conspiracy, my guy. Just get somebody who will put some quick hands on or do a strangers on the train type situation. You know, go find you a woman who don't know nothing about you and you don't know nothing about her. Ask her if she got a favor that need to be done. Tell her you got a favor that need to be done. Give her your, you know, send your step, send your step, your wife to the, the Walmart and just have this lady get into a fight with on aisle six or some shit, you know, <laughs> give her a picture of her. You, she do your dirty work. You do her dirty work. There's no degrees of separation. Y'all don't know each other. Y'all just met. Do some shit like that. But regardless of how you choose to do it, she needs some hands put on her ass. She does. It's not by you. Fucked up. It's not even... I don't even know if that's enough. Like, you gonna call a child weird because she likes to fucking read, bitch? Are you kidding me? Because she's quiet? Do you know how many parents wish they had fucking kids in their house, especially right now with this goddamn quarantine going on where the kids just sit in the corner quietly and fucking read? Like, the fact that she feels comfortable in talking to your child like this and you on Reddit asking if this is okay as opposed to cussing... Let me... Ugh. I wish... You know what? <laughs> I wish one of my brothers would call me and say... Oh, you know, my wife talking to your niece this way. I'm going You would only do that if it was William. Oh, yeah, true. I would only do it if it was William. You'd only do that if it was William. Let's just be clear. (laughs) Let's be clear. Yeah, I I would only do it if it was William. Do William choose choose different mates? I mean, decent mates? No. Well... You're going to be ready to put some hands on somebody already anyway. Probably. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Since he's gotten older, he may be better. But the assumption in this is that the relationship will have had to fail that he would have to have a kid from it already anyway. Mm -hmm. So let's just, that that shouldn't have to happen. Unless unless the baby mama, the wife, actually talking shit about the the kid. (laughs) Look at that old daddy's girl. Jealous. (laughs) She's jealous. You know, daddy's girl. Y'all should just go die together somewhere. And you mad because the child looked like her motherfucking mama? Do you know how DNA works, bitch? Like, usually kids look like one of the parents. Like, you do have situations where the kid takes so many different characteristics that they kind of look like their own individual person and you can't necessarily pinpoint and say, oh, you look like your mom or your dad. Most people end up looking like a parent. And why do you have so much hatred toward her motherfucking mama that you care? Like, this whole situation 
The whole fucking situation. Everybody in this story's ass needs to be whooped except for the 12-year-old. The six-year-old sound like a badass fucking kid. The husband is insane because you gotta ask if this is okay or not when it so obviously isn't. And then your wife is just a bitch. She's just a fucking bitch. Maybe he should maybe he should just work on a divorce. <laughs> like not by saying I want a divorce, but just by like making her life miserable. <laughs> Like, you know, do shit. Like, you seen them videos where, YouTube videos where the, the kids, to play a joke, put the soap on the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. And the other person that going in the kitchen don't know that there's soap on the floor. And, and you're like, hey, honey, go and get me something to, go get me something to drink real quick. And then she go in there and all you hear, <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. And then you come in there and she's like, oh, baby, I wonder who put all that soap on the floor. Don't be talking <laughs> shit about my daughter. Fuck you. And then go to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and if you just do that shit for, like, two months, your relationship gonna be over. That'd be a good, good slow decline. Leave her with just enough trauma, but not too much. Not too Imagine much. Imagine how that child must feel, like having not only having your stepmother talk shit about you, but then your dad don't may or may not be coming to the rescue. He may not even be coming to your fucking defense when this bitch is talking shit. Like. Even if he, she has a valid reason for disliking this child's mom, that ain't got shit to do with her. When you decided to marry him, knowing that he had this fucking child, that was something that you should have taken into consideration. Because I'm sure you already knew that the child looked like her mama before you fucking said I do. Like, I can't stand when people do that shit. You accept some shit on the front end and be mad about it on the back end. Uh-uh. Because she's 12, so she already fucking existed when y'all got married. Shut your ass up. You know, another thing he could do is get some uh, you and his bad advice karate classes for the daughter, some good old self defense classes, <laughs> like a good fifth a fifteen year old that know what they doing can take on a goddamn thirty year old adult woman that don't know what the fuck going on. If you do that, if you do windmill punches up against the kid that's been doing karate for two years, or Krav Maga, or some fucking taekwondo, <laughs> bro, she will get kicked in the face before she even know it, boy. <laughs> Motherfucking kid will be at the refrigerator get some ice in their cup and the stepmama coming there with that bullshit and the kid just reach up and kick her ass and don't even stop getting the water out the fridge. You and this badass. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just saying, man, you know, it's different ways to handle shit. And why should we always give the best way to handle it? That's all I'm saying. Why should we always let people know that, you know, the good high road, you fuck the high road sometimes. You know what? Put the soap on that goddamn kitchen floor and let that woman <laughs> slip and break her hips. And every day in the hospital, go tell her, that's what you get for fucking talking shit about my daughter. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes the shit that you want to do, you know, like, I, I spent a whole bunch of my life saying, man, what I would have did is, but the reality is, I never put myself in the positions to have to do the shit that people go through. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't. I make relatively decent decisions. And so I don't be in those positions where people be like, man, I, I be like, man, what I do is. The reality is, when I'm in that situation, I wouldn't do none of the shit I said, but it feel good to say. <laughs> I would have beat this goddamn ass hell. I wish you would have came to me with that shit. I would have uppercut him twice, picked him up and slammed him down, robbed him pockets, get, run me them coins. And then, you know, ran off on his ass. I say shit like that. I don't say nothing that extreme. But I say my piece and then be like, you know, I wouldn't do that shit. But it feel good to say. (laughs) So, yeah, we all know the good answers. We know the best answers. But the reality is, sometimes you want to just say, fuck you. 
definitely. Like, fuck her. Somebody yeah. does need to whoop her ass. Like, you doing this to a 12-year-old? Like, bitch, really? Like, that's a child. You're a whole-ass adult out here, and the way that you decide to deal with the issues that you have is by being a fucking bully to a 12-year-old? Bitch, bye. Bitch, bye. Let's get on my nerves. And the fact that he on Reddit asking fucking advice about this shit. Like, this is an obvious one. This is not no gray area. This ain't no maybe you overreacting type shit. Like, this is an obvious disrespect. Obvious. Overt. Disrespect. Somebody need to whoop her ass. Agreed. And I'm not even convinced that it don't need to be a bitch with Vaseline and razors. Maybe she do need that. Mm. Now you're going to get three people fucked up. <laughs> the one who actually get their ass beat and sliced up. The one who did it. And the nigga that has conspired. <laughs> we can't do that. We got to keep his hands clean as possible. I'm actually a fan of the uh, strangers on a train situation, so. Okay. That you just don't know what you're gonna have to do for the other person. You just don't know what you're gonna have to do for her. So that's the that's the variable. Catch twenty (laughs) two. That's my last one. Um, if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartists at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artists, and send it to us that way. These people already be having some real fucking problems, boy. Uh, you have no idea. We just Jesus. in a relationship when there's so many different ones. My lord. I read one the other day. I, I don't know how to find it right now. But I read one that was so bad. It was about this woman whose husband matter of fact, let me go find that shit. I think I can find it. I think I can find it. I'm trying to think of a key word because it was in a group that I was in. Um, let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. It's, it's one of the most fucked up things I done read in a long <laughs> ass time. Oh, and so I done started going through that subreddit and looking for it. So hold on. I'm just going to oh scroll. God. What's the name of the subreddit? I can't remember. <laughs> but it's it's an anonymous person posting. And, oh, you know, it's got to be real bad. You want to be anonymous. Okay. Uh, the subreddit is our confession. Oh, fuck. Bruh, this is bad. Okay. I had pity sex with my husband's father once. Now we are in an affair and have an actual active sexual relationship. <laughs> what? Look, let me just finish start reading it. Both me and my husband are 27. We've been married for four years and have a strong relationship, never cheated on each other or anything of the sort. Everything changed when his mother died from throat cancer. I've known that I've known the in-laws and they're such nice folks that it was a dark time in our life. His father was the most affected by it for sure. Given the circumstances, we decided to take care of him and have him live in our house for the time being. So he isn't alone. He's 51, and ever since the death of his wife, he's been very, very hard on himself, sometimes even having thoughts of suicide. This was worrying to both my husband and I, and we tried our best to console him. He had turned to alcohol to relieve his stress, and this was the cause of the beginning of our relationship. Before this all happened, we were planning to have a child, and therefore I quit my job and was preparing to be a stay-at-home wife. 
Now my husband is working his ass off to support both me and my father, who is taking an extended vacation from work due to the circumstances. One night, my father-in-law got drunk and started getting very emotional with me. He mistook me for his wife who had passed. I panicked, but given the situation, I just let him cry it out while he hugged me and touched me in somewhat inappropriate places. He apologized the next day after remembering what he had done. He said that due to his mental and sexual stress, he feels that life is worthless without his wife. And he bluntly asked me to relieve him emotionally. Of course, I agreed. And almost every day before my husband comes home, I would let him hug it out. And we talk about things that I've never talked about on the level, even with my husband. Things turned more and more sexual as the days went by. Of course, my husband did not know this. I told him that I was connecting with his father on an emotional level. And he encouraged me to do so more. Given that his workload increased since his promotion, he is unable to help as much as he liked. What he doesn't know is that at the time I was essentially giving my father-in-law sexual relief, albeit was only massages and the occasional hand job. As time went on, it felt more and more natural for me as I began to spend more time with my father-in-law in comparison to my husband. It all happened when that company that my father-in-law worked for essentially forced him to retire. That was a huge shock for the family, and my father-in-law regressed back to a gloomier self. That night is when I offered to take it one step further. I offered him sex through pity and hoping to bring his mood back to how it was before. In my life, I've never had sex with anyone but my husband, but that night was also the most fulfilling sex I've had in my life. It changed from that night on. We continued to have physical and sexual contact with each other because it was easy. Just It was just so easy to. I become more emotionally and sexually attached to his father than I am to him. I feel like my life has changed. And although some days I would say I feel a bit of regret, to be honest, I feel like this is the most alive I've been in all my life. To avoid suspicions, every time my father-in-law comes inside, he likes to do it raw every once a week at least. I would have sex with my husband just in case, considering that we are also planning to have a kid. I honestly wouldn't mind if my kid turned out to be my father-in-law's. That raggedy bitch. I wasn't going to say it. That raggedy bitch. I don't even know where to fucking begin with the bullshit that she just fucking typed out. Yet you should have did that anonymously, raggedy hoe, because you already knew that people was going to read that and read you for fucking filth, as they should, because you raggedy. I cannot believe. You going and fucking your husband on the same day that you fucking his daddy so that you could be able to put this child on your husband. You are a raggedy, stank-ass bitch. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Her poor husband. You and your father-in-law ain't shit. He using the, the death of his wife to get in his fucking daughter-in-law pants. Both of y'all ain't shit. Both of y'all ain't fucking shit. Oh my god, that's the worst shit I've ever heard. It's bad. It's fucking horrible. And she got this dude working his ass off to provide for them. And, and what kind of daddy is this nigga too? Like your son took you into his house to help out. And this is this is how you repay him? This is how you repay him, my nigga. His wife on a regular basis. And ejaculating her, potentially getting her pre- Like, I just, the whole fucking thing, the whole fucking thing is just awful. It's bad. Both of them need their asses whooped. Like, Reddit confessions, man. The fact 
that you even talking about this the most alive that you done felt and you have a better sexual experience with the daddy. Bitch, you ain't shit. She's like the queen of ain't shit ass bitches. I just. How? How are you able to do this and live with yourself? This man has done nothing. I ain't heard nothing negative that the husband has done other than trying to work and provide for you and his daddy who he fucking feels sorry for. And the fact that you're going to put this on pity, bitch, just do your whole shit and, and own that shit. Don't be putting this on no pity. Don't be acting like you out here fucking Mother Teresa and shit. Don't act like you did this out of the goodness of your fucking heart. You did this out of your vagina, ho. Goddamn. I, this, I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm about to say you ain't got it. You ain't got it out your system yet. No, because it's such a fucked up situation. I can't go in that subreddit. I will have a fucking coronary. I can't. If it's shit like that, no. Oh, it's shit like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's it. definitely shit like that. I can't do it. That is so fucked up. Both of them. I hope they both get their fucking karma. I believe in karma. And I hope that shit come back around tenfold on both of them. Dang shit. <sighs> Got the that fucking husband encouraging you to have a connection with the daddy because he don't know your definition of connecting is connecting his dick with your vagina. That is, I just... <sighs> okay, I'm gonna stop. I could go on forever. I know you could. It's awful. I know you can. But Shit. yeah, I was fucked up. I was like, that's the most fucked up thing I've heard in a long time. Jesus. You wrapped up the letter? Oh, yeah. And oh, you wrapped that up. That was right, me. Okay, then. so let's head to the viral posts. Uh this first one says. The big-ass spider in my room is now named Cotton-Eyed Joe because I want to know two things. Where did he come from? Where did he go? <laughs> that is the worst when you see a bug. Like, I'll see a bug and go get something to kill it and come back and that bitch is gone. Worst feeling ever. Because it's like, what? Wait. <laughs> Where did he go? I'd be like, you've been here this long living peacefully without me. I feel like you just going to mind your goddamn business. So I don't give a fuck. <laughs> He'd be like, God damn, he saw me, bro. I done jeopardized my life now. I feel like bugs know that you might fuck them up. So they be like, damn, I hope he didn't see me. I hope he didn't see me. I hope he didn't see me. You know, he going by the business. He ain't trying to fuck with you. Mm-mm. I don't believe that. All right. I this, believe they be plotting. Maybe they do. This is Erica Badu. I love these COVID-19 beards and natural hairlines with no edge up. <laughs> this is the follow-up to that. There is a constellation hidden in the patchy pattern that will be her guided path straight to you. Only your true soulmate will be able to decipher it and will be helplessly in love with you for all eternity. And this dude said, even us with the patchy pending beards. <laughs> I don't know. I don't got that. So sad. I don't have I only have a few more. My prayers for all the husbands in quarantine with wives who can't cook but can start an argument from scratch. <laughs> 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 all right COVID explained in gay terms you and 10 friends are in your apartment getting ready for the pride parade one has glitter 
How many end up with glitter on them? <laughs> Every goddamn body <laughs> glitter is the worst. You cannot get rid of glitter. Glitter. Contingency fee at contingency fee. Attention. If you or a loved one has been refused entry to a private business for not wearing a mask and you would like to explore legal options to protect your constitutional rights, our law firm is happy to explain just how fucking stupid you are. <laughs> uh, our attorneys have decades of experience telling people they are morons and we are happy to do it for you. Call today, but seriously, only call. Do not show up for an in-person consultation, you plague rat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why it's such a hard thing for people to put these fucking masks on. Is it pleasant? No, it's hot. And I'm in Alabama. Okay, so I, it's fucking hot as shit. Okay, I get it, but I'm also not trying to get COVID. So America as a unit is like a four year old. <laughs> like you, you know, you gotta, you gotta. It ain't like a one to. to you know, one to four year old, like before four years old, you know, you pretty much got to do everything to keep them alive. At four, they got enough sense to know what keep them alive. They just do that dumb shit anyway. So it's like you got your system together at this point, but you know, you still got to keep an eye on them. Like you ain't got cold blooded watch them. You ain't got to put them in a the goddamn pen and shit. You can let them kind of roam free with knowing what's going. America is a collective four year old. <laughs> you know we know the rules but you know what the government know that if you leave this shit up to us we're going to fuck up ourselves we are and I hope that COVID-19 don't fuck us up no more but man evidence is not showing that numbers is going up everywhere and you know the Trump administration even admitted that the numbers were going to go up after this they said it's going to go up to around 200,000 that's what the Trump administration said so they knew it was going to go up you know, it's just about what what's being willing to be sacrificed in this situation. Um, have you seen a recent picture of Khloe Kardashian? Um, no. She looks like a whole ass other person. What happened to like? I'm. I don't surgery. I, I don't know. She looks like fucking Ariana Grande or some shit. Like it, her what the face, hell? You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> that is not fucking Khloe Kardashian. What? What? I mean, she looked better. She looked like a whole different person, though. What that? What, but okay. What that mean? What you mean? What does that mean? How you change your whole fucking face? Like that means she found a doctor that <laughs> she's supposed to be getting paid way more than they getting paid. <laughs> you know, it's barely anybody that I've ever seen that has had that big of a transition that looked decent. <laughs> like most people look like they. Most people look like they got in that little machine that Steve Urkel had and got out, but it fucked up in the midway. You know what I'm saying? She actually got in that bitch and Stefan Urkel came out of that motherfucker. That's what she did. I'm not... She doesn't look bad. Look, I ain't trying to... You know, I ain't trying to... 
She had like an elephant man shaped face before. Bottom of her chin was real big. She. So what happens? So here's my issue with shit like this. She got a little girl, got a daughter. What happened? Because here's, you know that getting facelifts and getting your face uh, chopped up doesn't change your fucking DNA. So what happens when her daughter starts exhibiting these features, her original fucking features? Then what? Oh, her daughter gonna have that melanin. She'll be all right. Not necessarily. We didn't see. We didn't see some raggedy looking mixed children. So I mean, that's I not mean, necessarily true. <laughs> listen, man. I guess if her daughter want to get her fucking skin done and face done, she got to She know the doctor to do it. I just. <laughs> oh my god! And, I, and you know, I try to talk about the Kardashians just in spells because it's just be the same shit different bitch that's what I feel like with them same shit different bitch somebody always changing either their body or their face it just dif- the only difference is that it might be a different sister this time like I'm sick of it it's, it's just too much I again my only thing is like when your daughter grow up with your original features what happens then? Are you going to because you dislike them so much on yourself? Is are are you going to pass along that distaste for those features to her? Because you she don't look like what you were born looking like, not what you fixed your face to look like. Hopefully, these dummies know at this point that the reason that they probably became the way they are is because they didn't have appropriate parenting. I would hope that they build the self-esteem that their kids have, or at least that they have a team or daughter or fathers or people around them that will help build their self-esteem up. Tristan Thomas cheated on her while she was pregnant. He ain't know the daddy of this particular child is fucked. That's why I said people around him a team. I don't mean necessarily <laughs> the daddy. He's garbage. He even came out and called her a baddie after this, apparently. Yes. Yes, he did. You know, so who cares? I just I just be feeling bad for them fucking kids. All of the Kardashian kids, like this next generation, they, they don't have a chance. Like, they have all the money to buy all the things they could ever want. But, like, all the other shit that you need in growing up, they ain't got that shit. The people that surround them can't provide it to them because they don't have it themselves. It's just too much. She look like a whole other bitch. If I passed her on the street, I would not be like, Chloe Kardashian. I'd just be like, look at that M-Bass bitch. Like, I wouldn't even know who she was. She's like a whole different person. She got a face transplant. The fuck? Oh, my God. I just hope I'll never get to a place where, even if I had the money, where I'm so unhappy with the fuck how I look that I want to turn into another bitch. Damn. I get fixing shit. You got issues, you know, with certain features, I suppose. But to change yourself completely and you look like a whole other goddamn person, shit, your daughter probably going to be confused as shit. You don't even look like mommy anymore. She going to be like, who is this stranger bitch? Who is this? Listen, this is better. (laughs) This is a better route than than smoking meth to this point. (laughs) Smoking meth to unfamiliarity by your kids. I mean... It's a better route than domestic violence getting your ass beat to the damn, you know, unrecognition from your children. Like, I mean, this was a choice. It's her body. She can make the decision with her body. 
She did. I'm pretty sure it's going to have some far-reaching implications regarding her family and her child, but could be worse ways to have to get that shit done. Let's see what, what we're saying in 10 years when we see how this impacts her child and how she grows up. I just feel like all of these kids are going to need like several years of therapy <laughs> because they're going to just be so fucked up growing up in this family of people that have so that have issues that they're not addressing themselves they just address it with fucking plastic surgery ass and injections and shots and shit like oh my god it's just true 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 just true but you know it is what it is she grown she do the fuck she want to do doja cat oh fuck her you know about Doja Cat situation? I do know about Doja Cat, yes. Doja Cat came out with this song called Moo, Bitch, I'm a Cow. Bitch, I'm a Cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. That's This was her song. She had like a green screen and a cow suit and she just made a whole song. And I'm not sure if that's what made her like super popular. I guess that's what made her super popular. Yes. Like she had been out here making music and doing shit. But when that shit came out and went viral, that's what put her career on blast and then she got a song in the top 100 and she got some catchy music but what that happened with doja cat is clearly doja cat's mom is white and i imagine that she wasn't raised with her dad i could be wrong but uh she been caught in a whole bunch of these incel groups which if you don't know what an incel group is an incel group is just a whole bunch of racist ass white dudes just bullshitting and woman hating and misogynism and sexism and racism is in and all that shit. <laughs> and Doja Cat got caught being in a group with them making fun of Sandra Bland's death. And apparently there is a term uh, didn't do nothing. D-I-N-D-U-N-U-F-F-I-N which racists use when it comes to police brutality. It's kind of supposed to be a play on old southern slang like I didn't do anything but it's didn't do nothing. Um, and they used it. And she made a song called didn't do nothing so man and, and and it's receipts it's videos of this shit going on and you know i i, I wanted to like doja cat i kind of like her but the last thing that was going on with doja cat is that she was like if her if her song placed on the chart she was gonna show everybody her titties and then when her song did she said nope i'm not doing that i guess she didn't have no faith in herself and so when doja cat was trending i guess everybody thought she Threw the rack up there, but nope, she was just racist. <laughs> so, and I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I know what it's like for somebody that is of a mixed background, especially if you go grow up with just you know the one side. But even with that being the case, <laughs> wrong is wrong. Um, there's no way that she could not have known that this is going to be problematic. Like, this is the shit that get, people do shit. Then when people get upset about it, they act like they're so surprised that people are like, it's everything that you, that whole thing that you just described, problematic as fuck. Especially considering that the song that she got in the top 100 is the song that she did with Nicki Minaj. Like, you out here... I don't have words. It's tiresome. It's it's just it's fucking tiresome sometimes. It is. Being black is you just be tired. You don't even gotta do nothing. You ain't even gotta leave your home. You just tired. Cause shit just is always something. 
It's always something. And so, so not only that, but apparently there from that is a lot of like, I guess, support and sympathy for Doja Cat. Sympathy for what? So this is Ebro's post. He's a radio personality. Instead of canceling Doja Cat for having some weird fetish and identity issues, possibly or possible to uplift her and show her that being black is beautiful. I'm assuming she had no black culture in her suburban wasteland and her white mom couldn't help her and chat rooms. And here go Azalea Banks saying, where the fuck was this sympathy for me, nigga? At old man Ebro. Oh, high yellow jiffy pop cornbread looking Negro stick together, I see. <laughs> I get so tired of that fucking argument. When somebody does some, oh, they don't know any better. Oh, we should just, you know, inform them and help them. Like, I get so tired of that fucking shit. What? No. No. I don't feel bad for her. I don't have no sympathy for her. I don't give a fuck that this is impacting her career. I don't care. And I also don't feel like it is my job to enlighten her. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't feel like that's my fucking responsibility. I got enough shit to do being black. I just, I'm not going to sit down with every white person who grew up in a suburb. Because we don't get that fucking opportunity. We don't get that. We don't get to say, well, we didn't grow up around any white people. Well, I guess it's hard for you. No, it ain't hard. I was going to say it's hard for you to not grow up around white people. But no, it isn't. It's easy. Because they put us, section us off and get us away from them. So you ain't going to see nobody feeling no fucking sympathy from a black person that says, oh, or you ain't going to see nobody say, oh, well, they didn't grow up around white people. And they don't, you know, no, you never fucking see that. You will never see that. I'm tired of that. I don't want to know. I don't fucking know. Nope. Mm-mm. I don't want to educate her. I don't want to help her, you know, discover her fuck her, her other side of her culture. I ain't got time for that. It ain't my job. The fuck. Hate that argument. When people say that shit, like, well, she doesn't know any better. We should be uplifting her instead of tearing her down. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Doja Cat. Like, oh, God. And your catchy ass music. I don't even like her music. I don't get it. It's not, I don't get it. But... Catchy, man. She make mean music. I guess. Um. So, Beanie Man and what's this other person? Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. I'm not gonna sit up in that like I know who Bounty Killer is. I know Beanie Man. I don't know Bounty Killer, but apparently he's also a Jamaican artist. They had a versus that people are going crazy about. I like old good Jamaican. Like I love Dirty White. Dirty White. Like I like the music, even though. Most of the time, I can't understand what the fuck they're saying. I have no idea. No clue. The accents be too heavy. Their terminology is very different. But the beat of the music gets you. The beat of the music? Yeah. Yeah, that reggae like, I don't even know shit. what half the songs be about. <laughs> Yeah, they got some good music, man. I just, I wish I was just enmeshed in music enough to have been hearing a lot more of it and to have been in that culture. Like, I need to go look up some reggae and reggaeton playlists for that shit. 
people was getting their whole life. <laughs> and they were actually there in the same place. So there wasn't any of that technical shit that happened with baby face and Teddy Riley. Like they were both in the same place at the same time streaming the video together. Well, that's good. It's worked out a lot better. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, Amar Arbery. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened with him. Um, the guy who recorded the video just got picked up. He mm-hmm. got arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, because when when all this happened, it came out, and they were trying to say he's just an innocent bystander. He just recorded it. He didn't have anything to do with it. But in the police report to Mick Michaels, the dudes who shot him said that he was uh he blocked him in. He Amar Arbery tried to turn around and run away, and this guy blocked him in. So with his boxed car. him in so that he couldn't get out with his car oh. while he was recording it. So, you know, it sounded fishy from the jump anyway, but I'm glad that they actually investigating this shit and making sure. And he's been charged with felony murder. What felony he won't- so badly for people to feel bad for him. What felony murder means is if you participate in anything that ends up in somebody else's death, even if you didn't plan it, even if you didn't know it was going to happen, if you do something and it ends up in somebody's death, felony murder means you get that murder charge too. Woo! He also get false imprisonment, I think. They Mm -hmm. added something else to his shit for it. Yeah. But he, you know, if y'all wanted me to be scared for my life, I am. Bitch, do you really think we give a fuck? (laughs) Like, he wants so badly for the sympathy. He wants so bad for people to be like, oh, no. Oh, he was just an innocent bystander, and they're picking on. Like, he wants so badly from the the jump of all of this. That has been his his take. He's just this victim. He just happened to record it. He wasn't involved. And people hate him for no reason. Like, bitch. Did you see the interview that his lawyer had with uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN? Where he basically wasn't answering nothing and called him a dumbass. Pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> he called his client a dumbass. And that's his defense. I can tell his he client ain't very was, bright. I can tell his client was smart when I saw that edge up. <laughs> that his wife gave him with the house shears. Uh, but, you know. But, you know, like America, white American fashion, um, they're going back in time looking at Arbery's old arrest. They don't found a video of him um, getting a- arrested or questioned by police because he was sitting in his car in the middle of a park. You know, Minding he like, his goddamn business. <laughs> I'm just out here rapping. And they put that video up. You know, this is this is America. But it is what it is, man. I'm glad they got that other motherfucker. I hope these dudes get some justice and some time. I hope they don't white man this thing. I know. Jesus. The only other thing I had was that Crayola is now, I mean, in 2020, it took them long enough, making skin other skin tone color crayons. When I was a kid, all the color I could use for me and my family was just that, that dark-ass brown. That was it. And if you was any darker than that, you just had to use black. It wasn't no... It wasn't no in-between. Now, for the lighter shades, there was always other options, but there wasn't. So, I mean, I think it's cool for kids to be able to to have colors that represent. If you want to draw your family, you can be have a more accurate representation of what they look like as opposed to just having to pick whatever the fuck is closest, which is usually just brown. It usually ain't no shades of brown. It's just brown. 
a brown crayon. <laughs> That's it. So I don't know how many more. Let's see if it says how many shades. Um. Yeah, then it says. The CEO of Crayola said, with the world growing more diverse than ever before, Crayola hopes our new colors of the world crayons will increase representation and foster a greater sense of belonging and acceptance. We want the new colors of the world crayons to advance inclusion within creativity and impact how kids express themselves. Now, I'm wondering, my issue is going to be this. They need to just put these in their boxes of crayon. Like, I don't want to have to buy an inclusion set of colors for my kid. Like, I want to just buy a box of crayons and that shit be in there. I don't want to have to go buy the fucking inclusion crayons. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be a separate thing. But I know it's going to be. That's what I was going to say. Like, it needs to just be in the regular box of crayons. Yeah, like, add them to your regular box. That's, yeah. that, that defeats the purpose to it make does. a person... Have to pay to get representation. <laughs> because the you thing about that? it, when you go to school, when you go to preschool, the school they're gonna buy regular sets of crayons. Okay, they're not gonna be out here paying extra to buy a fucking set of inclusion crayons. You're not gonna have that. So it's still gonna be an issue when your kid goes to school and they want to draw a picture of their family. They fucking can't because inclusion crayons ain't there. They need to just be in a regular box. Okay. Last thing we talking about. Is your favorite Uncle Joe goddamn Biden. Oh, Joe. All right. I was only joking about not voting for him, but I was like, Joe, man, what the fuck? What you doing? <laughs> Don't do this, Joe. <laughs> Listen, man, Joe, I told, I said earlier this year on the podcast that before Joe Biden even got in the running, that I do not want no goddamn Joe Biden running. I don't even want him to hop in because if he hop in, he automatically going to take the runnings. He just... He's just more of the same. He's status quo. He's people don't want that big a change, and especially people who want Trump out don't. They want a safe option, and Joe Biden is a safe option. He's a white man. He's an older white man. He's got experience as vice president. He's been in the Senate and Congress for a long ass time, and I mean he got a decent liberal record. The question is, does he have a decent liberal record when it comes to black people? And he got on the interview with Charlemagne, and I don't know why politicians keep getting on these interviews with Charlemagne, because if he listened to the Breakfast Club, any he'll know Charlemagne don't fuck with him. I imagine Simone Sanders, which is you know somebody that's heading up Biden's campaign, probably said he need to go to the Breakfast Club. But at the end of the interview, you know, I'm pretty sure Charlemagne and him had a, you know, somebody told me to watch the watch the interview in context. It's like they were kind of going back and forth, wit for wit, and it was kind of like that the whole time. But at the end, either way, he said something that he probably shouldn't have said. He said, um, if you are struggling with knowing whether you should vote for Trump or for me, then you ain't black. Um, and, bruh, that, that's, when I saw that shit, I was like, they had to have misquoted this shit. <laughs> like, that, that, this can't be what Joe Biden fucking said. And you know what? That's what he goddamn said. Uh, now, we got some dilemmas here. All right. We got some dilemmas here. I've been telling you this whole time about the importance of Supreme Court seats when it comes to Republican versus Democrat. Ruth Bader Ginsburg probably ain't finna last another administration. And the Supreme Court is already stacked with 
conservative nominees. We don't need another one. But if you didn't know, Donald Trump is responsible for filling 30% of the federal judge seats right now that are lifetime appointments with young judges who are very conservative and have the experience of his cabinet right now, which is none. He's just putting young people in those positions so that they can do his bidding, basically. And so my allegiance for politics right now is how can we even the playing field back out so that when we get a leader that can change things, what do we do? So right now at this moment, and I, I mean, I hate to have to look at it this way, but my political choice is about what stops the bleeding right now. Because as far as it comes to black people, you know, in America, our shit is bleeding like a motherfucker from my perspective. Does that mean that Joe is okay? No, Joe ain't the savior. Joe ain't finna save black America. He's not. He is just another old ass fucking white man who's had to change his views. Um, but he, his presence alone will stop the bleeding. His presence alone will stop those seats from getting filled like that. It'll stop the Senate from, you know, blocking shit and, um, keeping appointees from being approved. It's so much shit going on. That's a problem. Um, that being said, I got a friend that I talk to about this all the time and he ain't willing to give concessions like me. You know, he said that, um, matter of fact, let me go to his text message. Let me go to my text message of what he sent just so I'm clear. Um, he said, good afternoon, Mr. On Point. Time to pull out the political negotiation chessboard we've talked about in the past few months. Biden stepped in it this morning on the Breakfast Club. This is the time that our leaders in Congress and throughout the country should be leveraging this moment to get a pound of flesh from him and the DNC. We've not, we have not because we ask not. Something tangible should come from this, even if we aren't offended. The VP slot, the next Supreme Court justice, some additional grants or government contracts set aside for our businesses, something that can be taken to the bank. From this statement, he clearly can say black. Therefore, when it's time to talk about policies, we don't need to hear anything about minorities, diversity, or people of color. We need to hear exactly how the policy will, be, will benefit blacks. If you want us to stand in line for an hour in the middle of a pandemic, time to put, our, put on our poker face. And I like that shit. Like, I like... I like how my homeboy said he done said black now. So he can't go out there and start talking about start grouping us in with minorities and shit. Yeah. You can't come out and say black when it's like if I say black and I leverage black against their blackness because if they don't vote for me, then they they blackness is compromised, then I can get their vote if you're not willing to put your money where your mouth is when we need something. Like you need us and you've overtly said you need us. So you can communicate that. Now, I, I will go to say that he has pretty much communicated it. Like he got a whole ass African-American plan. You know, he got a whole plan for black people, you know. So it's like he has done something, but that's more of the same. Politicians be doing that shit all the time and never follow up on it. Stop focusing on it because it don't be realistic. But what I think, you know, from that is um, it's an opportunity for us to get as much as we can. And it's an opportunity for Joe Biden to put a black woman out there, to put black cabinet members out there, to surround himself with the black people that he was surrounded by in the Obama administration, but of his choosing. You know, 
that will give us so much more comfort with with that. Um, because I saw an article that said Amy Klobuchar was, you know, pinged to get her background check and stuff ready to possibly be a running mate. Nigga, if he bring out some Amy Klobuchar, I will be so fucking mad. Like, she she was white bread as fuck during this whole debate. Why would he choose her? And, you know, why choose a, a woman... Uh, a white woman just for it to be a woman over a black one. Like, double whammy that shit, man. <laughs> double whammy that motherfucker. Choose a black woman for this position and let that be it and you'll get more support than you would otherwise. I mean, it's a lot of people out here who, who are done with Joe Biden because of that comment. There's a lot of people out here saying, just like the black community, we always be split on everything. There's a lot of people saying, where the lie at, though? You know? <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, black people do that shit to black people you know, we're just talking about he should not be able to do it because he's white. And that's like, that's the problem. I mean, I think people should be able to say what the fuck they want to say when they want to say it. But if it offend me, I'm going to let you know. If it's problematic with me, I'm going to let you know. But you can say the fuck you want. Yeah. Anybody can. It's just consequences for that shit when you say it. Yeah, consequences and repercussions. All the time. You know, but. But that's all I'm gonna go in on about on Biden, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it alone at that. You got something to add to Biden's story situation? No, I was just very disappointed. I saw that and I was like, no, he didn't. I was like, probably everybody else like, no, nah, they took that out of context. Or, no, they didn't. That nigga said that shit. I was like, damn, man, come on. Then you ain't black. Oh my God, Joe Biden, what the fuck, bro? Like, come on. He did that shit, man. He did. But that being said, um, that's my last. That's my last little story. You got what? anything else on your mind? Or do not? All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.